So do you think that CISOs have got any clue what's going on? Uh, good CISOs have, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, away from CISOs, a lot of the time CEOs and CTOs don't see that CISOs deserve a place on the board. Mm. That's a massive problem for them. Mm. Um, and I think um, I think bad CISOs have, have this sort of issue where they think technologists don't know how to speak to me. Technologists don't know how to speak to the C-level. Well, actually, a conversation is a two-way street. And a lot of the time, we've got CISOs that don't know how to have a technical conversation. Why are you a CISO? Right. Right. So you need um, that grounding, surely, don't you? Yeah, I'm not. I don't care if it, you're the most technical person in the world, but you have to have an interest in it. Mm. You have to be willing to to know that it's not. You're not an idiot if you say, "What does that mean?" Yeah. Like you yeah. have to be able to have those conversations. And a good leader doesn't try and bring everyone to the same level. A good leader will think, "Okay, this person." They're not the best in front of people. They're not the best conversationalist, but I need them for this reason. So I'll alter the way that I communicate with them. Instead of harping on and harping on about technologists not having people skills, actually, what are the people skills that CISOs have? Mm. Um, I know some great CISOs um, that, that live by that, that mm. think, oh, I've got to go and have a conversation with this pen tester who's just going to sit and grunt. But at the same time, you know, they think, oh, that's fine because they're doing what I want them to do. <laughs> yeah. so, what are the yeah. things that you see where CISOs fail? What are the main reasons for that that you see? Um, they concentrate too much on how to impress the business. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And they, they'll have too much of a disjoint. Okay, so even, even the sentence saying the business you're separating cybersecurity from the business. Yeah. It's it's all one thing, but they all the CISOs I've I've looked at work and think the reason you're going wrong is because you're too bothered about what the CEO and the CTO think. You're too bothered about where you can cut money to show that you're not spending too much. Mm -hmm. Actually, a good CISO is able to articulate that, yeah, we need to spend this to defend against this. We need to put this training in place to defend against this. If we don't it could be catastrophic. We mm -hmm. could lose yeah. our business. Yeah. And being able to articulate that to people that don't, yeah. quite frankly, don't care yeah. Yeah. is is a skill. And that is a skill that's needed. And we do need CISOs. And in a way that's balanced as well. I think the yeah. challenge is sometimes, if you, you know, if you're just going to put across the you know, fear and woe if we don't do this, I yeah. think the challenge is you end up becoming... Where we're doing oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. See where we're doing good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think if you can... If you're in a company that's got a good culture and you yeah. can pr you can prove that, you know, we bought these juniors in, we bought these graduates in or whatever mm. a year ago, look at the work they're producing now, look at the research they're producing, look how mm. it's being received in industry. Mm. They're things that um, I would I would value mm. as a CEO, new CEO. Mm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So Tell me a bit about your new company. Why did you start it up? There must have been some frustration there for you. What, what happened? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear me rant? <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah, let's do it. So myself and my business partner, Stephen Ridgway, we um, we found ourselves ranting and having these conversations about, like, you know, people are selling snake oil. And we'd go to conferences and we'd say, okay, what does your tool do? And we'd go, and they'd say, oh, it's, you know, it's EDR, it's endpoint projection, blah, blah, blah. And we'd say, okay, what's it run on? And they'd go, oh don't really know and then you look into it and they're basically selling like uh python scripts or 
some PowerShell scripts and just put in like a big fancy thing on it, or they've got some open source product and they've just put a bit, their big logo over it and said, we want £250,000 mm. a second for it. Slight exaggeration. <laughs> um, and we, we were just thinking, actually, you know what? Companies could just do the same thing themselves if mm. they just knew how to do it and they knew how to implement those things and make those settings and, and build like Moloch and stuff. And they don't. And we've sort of created that security company to literally the name says what we do. We are a security company. We do what we say on the tin. We offer two services. So we run purple team engagements and build security operation centers. So the, per the security operation centers, we try to make as vendor neutral as possible. So mm -hmm. if we can give a solution that they, we can use a the solution they've already got, or we can enhance settings in their environment to make them more secure, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. um, and same with the purple team. And if we can do penetration testing that is living off the land, mm. um, because I mean, let's face it, what attacker goes out and buys like expensive tools? They, they don't. No. Um, they use open source and we shouldn't as well expect our blue teams to depend on vendored um, expensive tools when our attackers have got free reign over mm. whatever they want. You made a really valuable point earlier. It's it's that fundamental knowledge of actually understanding what it is that these these uh, attacks are actually doing as well. Yeah. Like understanding that, not just how to switch your appliance on, <laughs> yeah. is really important, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I've I've had like actually I've had a few conversations about this where I've been for job interviews in the past when I've been a bit younger, um, and they've said, how good are you with this tool? And I've been like, well, I don't know how to use it. I've never used it before. I can show you how it all puts together. <laughs> and they'll say, yeah. oh, that's yeah. going to be a really big stick in the mud. But I'm just like, well, isn't it the same as this and this and this and this and this? Like with a different GUI. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm. uh, we're, we're very, very yeah. um, vendor dependent. And yet so few of these vendors deployed actually add tangible value as you yeah. as you rightly said yeah. i think that quite a lot of them are um people are relying so heavily on these tools uh, if something happens they're saying oh well that failed me no 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 you know where it went wrong is here it's not the tool it's just you you got the wrong process you didn't yeah. have the right skill set at a fundamental level that's why it went wrong right yeah yeah mm. i mean yeah if someone understands the concept of log aggregation <laughs> and um regex yeah why do they need to be you know, amazing at certain scene tools. Yeah. Why, if you put them in front of it for long enough, they, they've got that knowledge anyway. Yeah. They just need to learn to use a new GUI, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I was chatting to Greg about this and about whether we're training the right things in schools. Is that is that a good path to get into this industry, would you say? I mean, I know oh, it's not I necessarily. Know. I haven't I know got you kids, didn't like so part. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what they're doing in schools, but mm. um, I do think that, you know, if, if, if you went back to the 1800s and you went to a classroom, at, there'd be a board at the front, there'd be a teacher at the front with a desk, there'd be a load of desks, a load of chairs, and a load of kids in them. It's not changed. The, the layout, the setup, what we're teaching on the whole hasn't changed. So we're still producing kids to work in a world that no longer exists. Mm. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because I don't really know what's going on in the schools, but I, I hope that we're teaching programming. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and when you've seen the ju- you know the juniors and perhaps some of the, the interns come through in the organizations yeah. you worked at, have you what have you found their skills like, their basic skills like? Um, not great, mm. actually, unless they've been um self-driven and they've learned things, they've subsidized subsidized their learning with online um tools or CTF or whatever. Right. I mean, I I personally I don't. I didn't see my degree as adding much value mm. to to what I know now. <laughs> so I'm quite happy to say that. Um, I'll look at like um, pen testers or um, incident responders now that are like in their forties and fifties, and they're amazing. And it's not because they decided I'm going to go to uni and do a course. It's because they started off in IT, uh, maybe on a help desk. They became a sysadmin. Um, and then they managed a team and blah, 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 or they were a developer. And now they've put those skills into security. So they understand security at its rawest form, right? right yeah. And they're absolutely phenomenal. And they're the people, when you're new in, new in industry, you want to be working with and picking their brains. And I was really lucky. I um, spent a good nearly two years at Marks & Spencer. And they had, they had a lot of people like that. Um, so I had a great team around me. Um, but if I'd have not had that environment and I'd have just come out of university with the knowledge that I had from uni, it was significantly out of date. Mm. Significantly out of date. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And that's forensics. And forensics has constantly <laughs> got to be like, you've got to be on the ball with forensics yeah. because it's, you know, it involves the legal side of it as well. And our legal system is not equipped to cope with, with the technology and, and the industries that we've got at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I hope what we're doing in schools is... is um, <laughs> it's teaching programming and internet safety and network mm. network engineering, but I, I fear not. No, I think that probably a lot of the time it's um, with end user computing we're teaching. <laughs> how to yes, use it, but not actually how true. it works. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got kids myself and I've yeah. been trying to buy them like, you know, old bits like Raspberry Pi. I've got I bought the exact one, I bought <laughs> yeah. them, yeah. And I was trying to explain to them like that, you know, this is how this all fits together, just so they've got some understanding about how their iPad works or how their computer yeah. works. Because I think that they're, they're so reliant on them, aren't they? Very reliant, yeah, incredibly. Um mm. yeah, I I don't know. I just think we are there's there's going to be, if we do this right nationally, there's going to be have to be an overall of the education system because we can't keep saying maths, English, science and art are the core subjects. We can't keep filling drama courses at university and like having more applicants for drama and art history. Not that those aren't, I'm sure, fascinating and interesting subjects for some people, but we can't keep seeing that happen and then have no one applying Mm. for like pen testing or yeah. ethical hacking and yeah. uh, and just think that that's okay and then moan yeah. that we don't have enough people we've got to make it more enticing and more interesting yeah.